Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Our guest today, Charlotte Hunt, uh, is going to be joining us and sharing writers and speakers training for courage and wisdom for vulnerability in print. And, of course, this would refer to those things that you write and then you share publicly either in uh, articles, in uh, books, from the stage, whatever, and we are so excited to have her here to share this with us and such great content. During the next hour, you're going to discover the most important thing that you must ver- verify before you begin to write with vulnerability, the equation that will help you know if you are in balance or if you're going overboard as it relates to areas of expert- of exposure, the two red flags that indicate you are not quite ready yet to take your story public, the one situation in which you must never write vulnerably and why, exactly when vulnerability in writing is an asset instead of a liability, the exercise that will transform you as an author from a whiner to winner, the fastest way to alienate your audience when writing vulnerably, vulnerable, oh, I can't even say it, vulnerably, and also how to know what to share when either early on mid-story or not until the end, or maybe even never. Our guest today, Charlotte Hunt, is an encourager, a counselor, a speaker, and award-winning author of six books. As a retired international runway model, off-Broadway actress, recording artist, jazz musician, and national radio personality, Charlotte is here to share in order to help people overcome obstacles, pursue dreams, regain hope, and find purpose in the midst of pain. And I welcome you today, Charlotte. Oh, thank you so much, Marnie. Glad to be here. Well, you have got quite a quite a background here. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't personally know too many off Broadway actresses or runway models. <laughs> so, so maybe just a little bit of background. Um, can you tell us maybe how or when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Oh my goodness! Well, you know what. Um, I came to know the Lord in high school. During my busy schedule, I was I started out in uh, musical theater in grade school. Um, anyone who has read my story knew that uh, I, I had a pretty difficult time trying to find out who I was, and musical theater was my uh, release and, and modeling, and just got into so much. Um, performing, trying to find out who I was, and a uh, a high school buddy took me to church, and you know me looking for performance and just hearing about um, Jesus Christ and finding what I there's somebody I don't have to perform for, somebody's going to accept me uh, for who I am. Oh, that's too good <laughs> to be true. No, that can't. And just finding out, uh, wow, there there is somebody, and so uh, just found out in, huh. in high school. That's beautiful. The most important somebody in the world we don't have to part oh, yeah. for. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that. That's great. And that really it really says a lot coming from you because honestly your career path has been 
an actor performing. I mean, that's really been oh, what yeah. you've been doing. And so it's really cool to hear you say that what you loved most about coming to know God is that he doesn't require that from us. Love it, love it. Let's go ahead and dive right in. First of all, um, maybe just a little preface here. Um, speaking vulnerably, it, one of the things, Charlotte, the very first thing I loved about my husband, uh, before he was my husband, of course, when I was first meeting Dave and getting to know him, was that he was always the first to be vulnerable in any relationship. He, and and it just shocked me because I was really guarded. At the time, I, I was not very vulnerable with people. I really um, kept my... You know, kept my cards pretty close to my chest, didn't show it too much, and, you know, would test the water for quite a while before I'd let too much show. And, um, you know, we get that way because we get burned sometimes by being too vulnerable or with the wrong people or whatever. And this topic is maybe never more important than for people who are going to share something very sensitive, very personal, uh, very important to them in a public way, from a platform or in a book or something. And uh, so I'm really, really grateful that you're here because it is one of the most powerful tools we have is to be vulnerable, to be authentic, Mm -hmm. and to let people really see our hearts. So having said that, (laughs) what what is the most important thing that a person must verify before they begin to write or share with vulnerability? Well, first of all, to to co-sign exactly what you said, you know, for us to be vulnerable, I mean, we pretty much almost learn that being vulnerable is just, it's a no-no. You know, we we learn through experience of not wanting to be hurt, not wanting to go through pain, that, you know, we learn to put these walls up to avoid pain at all costs, to keep people at a distance through experiences. And so, you know, especially when we, you know, become writers, sometimes the hardest thing for us to do as writers, as speakers, as performers, is to, you know, and even as, as acting, you know, is to let down that guard and just now mm-hmm. be vulnerable, be who you are. And it's like, really? I can try to be somebody else, but now to be who I am, how, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? And for a, a, an author especially, the hardest part is um, just... One, knowing your subject matter, and be it writing about, uh, let's say in a case of writing your autobiography, who is the subject matter? It's yourself. Um, you know, if, if it's if it's an actor and you're playing a particular part, it is is knowing that particular character, uh, whatever that subject matter is, it is knowing it so thoroughly that number one, you're not even thinking about it, and if it's for yourself, the hardest, pro- and that's probably um, the, the 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 hardest subject matter, the most difficult subject matter is if you're writing a memoir, if you're writing um, an autobiography, because that means you have to know your story so well, and most of us we know the events of our story, but we don't know our story. We can tell you, okay, this happened to me, this is, you know, when I was five, this happened, these are my parents. But if you were to sit down and say, okay, Marty, what is your story? I don't know. If I were to say, okay, what are the passions, what are the themes, what are the burdens of your story? Most of us have no clue to say what 
exactly is is my story? What are the passions? Not, and not the passions as far as, oh, I love cats. I've, that's a different type of passion. The passion being what are those things, those things that that you you love, that you could spend all day doing that energize you for others. And again, for, for an author in particular, to know the subject matter so thoroughly, um, perform it in front of an audience so that um, when you're standing in front of an audience, you don't, you're not looking at them. You're not nervous because you are so engaged in, in, in who that character is. But the beautiful thing about being vulnerable is while it's so scary and it leaves us thinking, okay, if I pour my heart, if I pour you know, all my stuff out there, then there's a chance of being hurt. There's a chance of, of shame. But the, oh, the, the most gorgeous, wonderful thing about being vulnerable with an author is that when we're vulnerable, I can't get that out now, I can't talk, specifically <laughs> as a writer is that when you place wisely that vulnerability in print or even in, in acting, that it now embodies hope. And what is hope? It's nothing but a confident expectation of something that has not happened yet. Let me say that again. All hope is is a confident expectation of something that has not happened yet. And then also what does it do? It it embodies courage. When we tell our stories, when someone acts and, and there is an vulnerability there, it provides courage for that audience, for that reader, mm-hmm. um, that that they're going – I can't tell you how many people – um, when I, I wrote my, my first book and I was scared to death because all I'm thinking is, oh, now my family, people I went to school with, people who never knew, you know, certain things, you know, what are they going to think? And all this stuff going through my head and the opposite happened. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm speaking in front of an audience and sharing, you know, a book doing writings and, and people who had never shared even with their husband, married 30, 40 years, said, I never told anybody but the exact same thing happened to me. You know, mm. all these different things happen through vulnerability. People are empowered. Writers are empowered. Actors are empowered when you share through vulnerability wisely. You've said so much in this section, and we're going to kind of unpack a little bit more as we go through this hour on each of those subjects. But um, when we go back to, you know, the person who's just maybe – you know, maybe they've read your book or they've read another book or heard a speaker and they're like, I think it's time for me to tell my story. You know, what is it that they need to actually verify before they begin that process? Uh, they need to verify if they're ready. Uh, ready enough, they yeah. To, yeah. They, they need to verify two things. One, if they're ready. And they need to, which which I think they will will kind of address that a little bit later. But they also need to verify the facts of of, and I'm probably not saying this very well. They need to verify the 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 facts and the subject. And a lot of times, um, there's two things. If they're telling their story. There, there is a saying that my story is never wrong. 
that's true. But now if you're mentioning other people in that story, that's now where you have to be careful. It's my if I'm telling you my story from my my perspective, my story is my story. It can never be questioned. But now if I'm telling you my story and I'm saying something that my brother did, now that's where I now have to be careful because if I'm if I'm bringing up verifiable issues, now we're dealing with legal ramifications. Um, and, well, and, and we want to, you know, yeah, and we want to talk about that more too. When when that would be appropriate to use other right. people um, in your stories, but definitely, you know, definitely when you start before you begin. Let's just go back and touch on this readiness factor just a little bit more, too, before, because we're going to kind of tackle the facts a little bit later, too. Um, okay. When you're thinking about readiness, like what would be, what would I have an idea in my mind, too, but what would you say would be like the litmus test? Like, <laughs> this is the test you should take. And if you okay, can't pass you, this test, you, you're definitely not ready. <laughs> emotional, one, emotional health. And and emotional, emotional health, um, which, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, emotional health as far as um, that's going to be a red, red flag. And I, and I forgive me, I'm, I'm all over the place. The, the bad thing about being a speaker is we talk all the time and we go all over the place. <laughs> um, but uh, a, a litmus test is asking yourself um, probably these four questions. One, am I emotionally ready to be vulnerable and to share my story, and that that is, um, if you're in, in as a writer, am I emotionally ready to share my story? And um, uh, number two, am I emotionally ready for the impact of what will happen in other people's lives around me? Um, and and we can go in deeper into that. Um, another verification would be, um, am I, the, the, the reason, and that's probably the most important of, of, uh, these questions. Why am I writing? That, that, that is probably before you even put pen to paper Uh is why, why, why am I writing? If, if, the reason of um, which a lot of times when I, I help beginning writers, my very first question to them is, why? Why why are you, you know, taking on this role? Why are you, um, uh, why do you want to write your autobiography? A lot of people, you wouldn't believe, a lot of people want to tell their story. And my first question is, why? What, are, what is your motivation for telling your story? Do you want to tell it because you want to get back at a certain person? Do you want revenge? Do you want to um, get – do you feel like you want to be heard? Do you um, have a lot of pain you want to get out? If those are the reasons, now is not the time to write. Because yeah, right now, those those are reasons that are saying you are still in a healing process. If your reason for writing a story is pain, anger, hurt, um, justification, revenge, those are reasons 
um, that are not justifiable. Those are not good reasons. Those are reasons that are showing that right now you are vulnerable. Right. Right. And and I think that that's the most important thing is if you're, you're still in the healing process, do write, but write it in a journal. Write it in something that is not right. for publication. You'll know right. you'll know when you're ready to share it when you actually aren't feeling the same pain anymore and when it's really a scar now instead of an open, gaping wound. Okay, this is Marnie. We're visiting with Charlotte Hunt today. We're going to come right back and talk about the equation that will help you know if you are imbalanced or going overboard. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today, Charlotte Hunt, is available to you over at charlottehunt.com. And uh, she's here to talk with us about courage and wisdom for vulnerability in print. Charlotte, we were talking about um, the importance of verifying that you're ready to go before you go. What's the equation that helps us know if you're really imbalanced once you start writing? It's 40% heart and 80, I'm sorry, 60% head. I'll say that again. It's 40% heart and 60% head. And that's basically saying be passionate but from a distance. Be careful of getting too lost in feeling about um, your story or your character that you forget about the story you're telling. Mm. And um, often we'll, um, we'll get... You know, we'll, we'll, and I'll use the stick back with the example of writing an autobiography or or a memoir. That you know, a lot of times we'll we'll focus on writing that story and we'll be so passionate and we'll pour, we'll overtell, or we'll we'll overshare, and it might make us feel better, but it will leave the reader going, oh, too much information. You know, it's just, it's, we're just, we're left overwhelmed. And for the writer, it didn't accomplish the the, the purpose of getting the story told because the, the reader is overwhelmed and it didn't, you know, and it didn't help the reader because the, the reader is left just feeling lost and, and almost, and just uncomfortable. And so there. Again, it goes back to that that equation of of wisdom, of you know the, the the writer needs to be able to share and to be vulnerable, but with wisdom to to keep that that head part in there. It's almost just like telling a story or having a conversation with a person or or, or with an audience. It's knowing how much to share of oneself but then knowing, okay, this is my boundary. This is your yard. I'll come and I'll give you a flower that you can plant, but now I'm not going to overstep into your yard. It's, it's just that knowing how much of wisdom, but it goes back to that first question about um, verifying before you write. 
with that emotional balance of realizing I can't share, I can't perform or whatever when I am vulnerable because I'm going to I'm not going to really have that wisdom to share properly. I'm going to overshare. I'm going to give too much and that's where it becomes unsafe and I'm going to put well, myself in the wrong hands. Right. And I think that I think that there's the the threat on both sides. Sharing too much as well as not sharing enough because you are still in a position right. of vulnerability yourself. You you don't you haven't come to a position of safety. You're still you still have an open wound, or maybe it has a scab on it, but it's definitely not scarred over. You are so not ready um, right. to have somebody just right. be whipping that off and causing you fresh pain again. You know, I think about um, kind of a silly example, but from my life, when I hear a really funny joke, uh, a joke that I find funny, I really enjoy it. I laugh hard, and that that's the joke that I want to tell to a group when I'm doing mm-hmm. a speech or whatever. And my problem is that I think it's so funny that I start to tell the story and I start laughing and then I can't quit laughing to get through the story. <laughs> because what happens is my humor, the heart part, takes over. That becomes the 60 and the head part becomes the 40. But, and that's fine. For my own enter- entertainment, I can laugh till I cry and I don't have to speak for five minutes and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> but when I'm actually in front of a group, it's not too helpful. <laughs> I have to get to the point. So what I do, honestly, what I do is I practice that until it isn't quite so funny for me anymore. It's mm. still funny, and I still love it, and I have all the heart and all the memory of all those lasting tears that I had with that funny story. But I don't have to stand in front of people and laugh till I cry because I've got it mm. in the right balance. And I think that's what you're saying, except that what we're talking about here is so much more important because honestly if you lose it if you lose it when you're in front of a group of people if you Mm -hmm. share too much in your book where you know that you can't really handle like you said earlier the 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 ripple effect of putting that out in the world because people actually are going to read it um then you're not then you're not ready you know charlotte tell us the two red flags that indicate that you are not ready to take this public oh oh um, emotional health and stability, um, and 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 it's kind of really goes along the lines of of what we've been saying. Emotional health more so being in that point where where we're still in that victim stage. We're still in that that point where we need somebody to blame. And so when we're writing, we're still in that. Um, and you can. T- you can tell it um, even in a person's conversation. Um, everything is still focused on on them. Um, uh, the, the the conversation is well, well, I didn't, and when I was a child, and they didn't, and and it mm-hmm. just every, everything is so consumed about them. And so even when they're they're writing, um, their writing is they're the focus. They didn't do anything wrong, and they they can't they have difficulty getting past the past and right. looking towards the future and so that's that is one huge red flag that they they're not ready to write because again their their writing is not for a reader their writing is still trying to heal themselves and trying to trying to, 
and it's not healing, they're still in a point where where someone needs to help them to heal. And so again, it's and what no about, yeah. to the writer. It's, it's, and that's the, kind the writer of where the stability. That's exactly. kind of where the stability comes in. As soon as you can, it's honestly the picture in my head right now. As soon as you can get knocked down and stand back up without assistance, you know, I mean, God's helping you, but where you don't feel like you're down for days, um, you know, that's that's more when you when you can get back up from little hits or big hits, you know, that's really where you can know that you are more stable now. Right. Right. Right, mm. right, and, and, what it, is and a, it's a difficult place to be. Mm. What's a difficult place to be? In a in a place where you, um, I was working with a client who so desperately um, wanted, and and I've been there, you know, myself, where you want to be at a place where you want to help others, you want to tell. Right. You know your your story. I mean, and, and that's sincere. That that's a sincere. You know, you want to help others, mm-hmm. but right now, just emotionally, you're you you just haven't traveled enough through your journey yet, and so it's that's the difficult place to be, where where you want to serve out your purpose and and to do others, but yet, it's you just haven't moved allowed yourself to move through that that point of um, the journey. And the hard part is, depending on what issues are still happening, um, you know, as, as we know, healing is not, you know, a, a, a destination. It's a journey. And unfortunately, it's one that we don't have quite control over, saying, okay, I'm done with it right now. <laughs> you know, I, that would be nice. And so it's it's something where, um, you know, we, we just don't have that, that control. And so it's it's just a hard process where we have to wait until that, that healing happens. And it can be very frustrating because we want to say, I'm ready now to write and to help others, where we might not be ready now, where maybe writing is going to hurt others because of what we might say that might be damaging and for example, yeah. perfect, the perfect example was the name of my first book is Damaged Goods, um, um, an autobiography. And the name of that book was from, which is, is widely known, is from a pastor who, who felt he was helping me. It, it was about a month after I became a Christian who thought he was helping me, and I was, couldn't understand the whole idea of God loving me because being such a performer, I couldn't earn it. And so I go to him trying to ask him, you know, I, how, how can I earn God's love? And make a long story short, he said, well, I have to tell you, knowing some of the issues of your past, you know, to help you that, um, you, you know, you're damaged goods. And, you know, God's just never going to use you, and I'm saying that to help mm. you. And so that's a perfect mm. example of someone who still needed to go through some further healing, pastor or not, still needed to go through some other healing, and as opposed to, you know, just keeping his mouth closed and maybe, you know, getting somebody else who could have advised him better, you know, said things that in my life, um, cause some issues. You got to read the book. You know, cause cause <laughs> in, in my life and seven suicide attempts and and all like that other stuff. But yet, still, God being sovereign, God used that for good and 
and you know and great things happen in lieu of that or in, i would say because of that um mm. so again it's it's the things of of sometimes if we're not in in the midst of our healing we have to be careful of of the things we say if we're not ready Absolutely. This is Marnie Weber. We're visiting today with Charlotte Hunt of charlottehunt.com. We're going to come right back and talk about a situation in which you must never write vulnerably and why. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Hey, welcome back. It's Marty. We're talking to writers and speakers today about courage and wisdom for vulnerability in print. Our guest is Charlotte Hunt of charlottehunt.com. Charlotte, let's talk about the one situation in which a speaker or writer must never get vulnerable and why not. Um, it and we talked about it uh, a little bit earlier, that is with intentional malice. Um, And to write kind of a little bit of of what I said, to write out of of pain, and I'll give you an example. Um, There was a, I don't even want to necessarily call her an author, Uh, she was a beginning writer um, going through some deep pain, and she wrote out her story, um, while her father, um, uh, who w- had harmed her in her life. And so she wrote a book um, and named names and, um, you know, blow-by-blow situations and, and just, I mean, just just everything. Um, and what ended up happening in that case was because she used the name and it was just a very dysfunctional family, um, the father who, you know, fought back and um, uh, sued her, which he was able to do um, for slander um, and could, because he was still alive. And so that's a perfect example of she, she um, was vulnerable she didn't use her vulnerability. She was vulnerable. Um, she was hurt, and she was, you know, the the law system because of the, the situation. It was passed where he was able to go to jail, and so she figured she would take out her own justice, and um, it fired back on her. And so that was a situation where you never, ever, ever use um, the guise of being vulnerable to um, write with revenge, to, to air your dirty laundry, um, you know, and, and under the guise of being vulnerable, to, to yeah. intentionally hurt, um, to, to that, that was just, that was all types of wrong. Um, you know, so, and, and, yeah. and there's, you know, there's, there's ways, there's ways that as a professional, you can make sure that this is not going to happen. First of all, anytime you mention someone in a book, in a, if you're going to use them in a speech, you really should get their written permission first. Um, yeah, it, right. It's, 
it's a legal safeguard, but even more, it takes your own accountability up an entire notch. <laughs> when you know right. that you're going to have to ask this person to verify the story and to get permission before you share it. And honestly, there are some people who are very private, even if they weren't, even if they didn't do anything wrong. Let's say, for example, in the story that you gave the illustration of, there was probably a wife uh, who probably had feelings about this too. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's people and they have their real people. They aren't just part of your story. They actually have their own story going on. And it's also traumatic. And we need to really be conscious of this. I would say if you are ever tempted to write out of um, retaliation or anything like that, just just make a commitment before you ever write anything that before it goes to print, the person that's being mentioned is going to have the right to to edit it and to say yes or no. And that's going to just uh, really change how you write. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. When is being vulnerable in writing an asset? Oh, the short answer to that is when it changes people's lives. And, of course, we don't have control over that. That's the after effect. But when it, it, when it is, it's an asset when um, it is done honestly and when it's done with the motivation of being totally um, selfless. When, when, uh, when a writer comes to the point when they're writing solely for the purpose of saying, I, I have no, no um, grudge to bear, um, I have released those people that I am writing about, and I am writing to tell you how my life has changed, and through some aspect of my life, I, w- I want to, to show you something. And, and, and it's something about that you have found in your story. It is, one, knowing your story. And it's, two, it is because I found out something in my story that I was here and then now I'm here. And, man, my life has changed. And I can't help but to tell you, it is similar, and, and I am certainly not comparing it to, but it is it is similar to, and I'm almost about to get emotional here, it is similar to the blind man when when he sat down and he couldn't see and he, he realizes that he can see and he runs out and tells everybody. It is that awareness of going... You know, I was blind, and now I see. And all I want to do is to just tell somebody. I don't care if it's just one person. And I don't care if anybody laughs at me because they, they you know, think that, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I know how she was. Oh, I know what she did. I know that she, you know, was all like that. It's like I don't care. I'm I'm not going to tell them all my business, but but I don't care what people think of me. I, with all, um, with wisdom, I need to tell somebody about how my life has changed. 
not because I'm getting anything out of it, but because I want people to know there there's something different that's going to help them, that that they don't have to whatever. Um, and so that is at the point where when a person comes to that point for whatever it has changed their life, be it something where they were you know, going through bankruptcy, you know, five times be it with, um, I can't remember the guy's name, who, um, financial guy, or, or whatever their story is. When a person comes to a point where their life has changed um, and, the, and, and they, they are compelled to share it, and they're at a point of vulnerability where it doesn't matter what other people think of them. And they have to share it, and they are ready to share it wisely. And, and they're noted, ready to share it wisely. That is when it's no longer a liability but an asset. But that takes time, that takes maturity, that takes healing. Um, and and, and that's, that is a point that, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight. And just because people want to be to that point, that 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 takes time and that that is a point that doesn't come from being in pain that is a point right. that comes from from being um at at a point of freedom Tear, it, it it's a point where there i you know what i'm go, i'm going to stop because there there's just so much um emotion from 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 what i'm saying but but i know that i know that you get it marnie <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, and actually, it kind of segues into the next thing we were going to talk about here, which is if you're still whining about what happened to you, you can be pretty sure you're not quite ready to help others win over it. And so you have an exercise, actually, that helps people transform from whining to winning. Can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a simple exercise, and and it is, um and and you do this you can do this privately but it's better if you have somebody else doing it somebody close who you trust um and someone who who pretty much knows you well and they just sit down with you and they ask you probably some very intimate questions and it's mainly your reactions and they ask you questions um and they can pick up Pick any questions that you want, but they ask you questions like, um, uh, so how do you feel, let, let, for example, if they know, um, getting a little deep here, but if they, let's say if they know, I'll take my example so I'm not putting anybody in the spot. Okay, um, um, they know, people know that abuse happened in my, in my family. So let's say my best friend Linda were to say, so Charlotte, um, so how do you feel about your father, honestly? And for for me to give my response, now Linda knows me well enough to know if I were to say, you know, oh, um, you know, or or to have a certain response that's phony, she's going to know. But to honestly ask about the deepest, most painful areas in your life, and to see how that person responds, they respond surfacy and that you know oh i'm okay or if they respond with a um a a a 
blaming or a victimization, either or, they're not ready. They're, they're still a what I call a whiner. So, so notice that. Either extreme, either a blaming um, victimization or a, an, or a um, overly emotional, they, they still can't, you know, they're still digging that person up out of the grave. They still can't move forward because this person has never, you know, apologized to them. Or a, oh, you know, I'm fine. I don't have any problem with them. They're okay. Uh, warning, warning. There's, there's still issues there. Can, can you talk about them? Can you talk about po- positive memories? No. Well, I mean, they're, they're fine. They, you know, they just did what they did. There's something under that, you know. But can you, if a person can recall positive memories, healing is there. So, so I guess the, the, what I'm trying to get to is a person who is ready to be a winner is someone who can talk about um deep, intimate, painful even, situations in their story, perhaps still recalling pain and grief, but the grief and pain doesn't overwhelm them. It doesn't shut them down. It is something that perhaps is still um, a deep and intimate part of them, but they can tell their story without their story breaking them down. Is, Is that making sense? Absolutely, and you know, it it kind of um, to me to me is the healthy love that God has for us. The healthy love that God has for us is that He looks at us, He sees us in all of our brokenness, and all of us are damaged goods. <laughs> yes. Every last one of us comes to God completely broken, and um, He is just so willing to look directly at the mess that we are. And to love us anyway. And I think that's really where we can, that's the test for me. If I can look directly at someone's um, sin and how their behavior is hurtful to me, and I can love them still, looking directly at it, then I know that God has really over, you know, really overtaken my emotional response. And has replaced it with his. Otherwise, if I'm either, you know, you were talking about these two extremes, if I'm either still in self-defense mode or I'm in total denial mode, I mean, both of those are the responses that we have without God at the helm. You know, when God's here in the ship, all of a sudden, you know, we can see these issues that have gone on before. We know how they hurt us. We don't necessarily have to go back into the situation and let them hurt us again to prove it. Um, The the reality is that God can heal our heart, and that's what we're looking for him to do. Well, this is Marnie Slever. We're visiting this afternoon with Charlotte Hunt of charlottehunt.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the fastest way to alienate your audience by writing Bell Mosley. We'll come right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. 
event publicity is available on a per-event basis or freedom members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Well, we are back. This is Marnie, our guest today, Charlotte Hunt of charlottehunt.com. We're talking about courage and wisdom for vulnerability in print. Charlotte, I'm going to have to pass this on to you. My voice has completely given out. Oh, <laughs> and poor so thing. I'm going to pass this on here, and uh, you're going to take us to these last two points here, would you? Okay. Um, well, the uh, next point is the fastest way to lose your audience when writing vulnerably. And uh, actually, there's two real quick ways to lose your audience uh, when you're writing vulnerably. The uh, first way is sharing too much. We talked about that a little bit uh, earlier. And that is when uh, writing especially, TMI, oh, be careful of sharing too much, giving too much of your personal um business. It's one thing to, for example, in, in a case of abuse to to insinuate or to, to to give the idea that abuse abuse happened in the home, but to share exactly what happened too much information. We we you know we as readers don't need to know that. Um and because it, it gets to a point where it almost just becomes pornographic. That's it's it's too much, and it beca- can become offensive. Because keep in mind, you don't know who's picking up your book. And then the other part of that is judgment. Um, that's a really fast way to lose your audience. You again, you never you have an idea of who might be picking up your your book, but you don't know. Um, is it a, a man who might be trying to find a book for his daughter, for his son, a mother, a father, a Christian, a non-Christian, a Sikh? You, ne- you never know. And so trying to keep that in mind, you have a general audience, but, but keeping in mind, really be careful of the judgment. And sometimes um, when we're writing, be it an autobiography or a book in general, when you're sharing vulnerably, Keep it objective. Your views, even though it's your book, your views are your views. Write objectively and as much as possible, try, uh, let me say this a couple of times, as much as possible, try, 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 try to write from um, your story but from the perspective of how a reader is going to read it. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, and going into the next one, how do you know what to share? This is this is uh, an interesting one. How do you, as a writer, how do you exactly know what to share when, early on, mid story, or not until the end, or basically never? Um, as an author, it's really going to be important to know to have that wisdom and safety in guarding what subject matter um, while sharing that blend of taking a risk and being creative and being expressive and helping the reader to enjoy the story. Um, Basically, the key is this. When you no longer feel the need 
to share. We talked about this again earlier. When you no longer feel the need to share your story, um, that's how you're going to know when you no longer need to tell your story. Um, Let me say that another way. When you are sharing your story, uh, let's say if you're you're writing a book, um, you have to kind of time yourself as to – here, let me start this over. The best way to start in in writing your book, or or this is what I do – if I am writing my um, autobiography, let's say when I when I first wrote it, I had to first write by by looking at all my journals and and going through all those and to sit down, not only writing a timeline, but to write an outline, just literally writing an outline of my life and 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 sitting it down and writing it as though I was reading it from a reader's perspective and and pulling out. What's what is boring to me as a reader? What what is interesting as a reader, and yet also what is safe? There are certain things that that I want people to know, but as as a reader or as as a writer, that's not safe. There are certain people that just don't need to know that. Certain people in my past that I don't want to know that. And so again, that it's a matter of using that. 60% head, that 40%, you know, heart. So, again, it's, it's a matter of using creativity and expression, but then also um, kind of knowing what to share and what, what not to share. Uh, I I think I'm, I'm kind of rambling here because it's, it's a little hard to say as far as what to share, when to share, and, and, and not until the end. I think... The best answer is knowing your story. The better you know your story, the better you'll know um, what to share. Uh, and the better you know why you want to share it. Ask yourself this question as you're doing your outline. Why? Why do, you want to, why do you want to tell your story? And what is the purpose? Based on the purpose of the book, start with that last. Write the purpose of your book last, and that's going to help you to know where you need to place things. Um, if you if you know how you want the book to end, that's going to help you to know, okay, do I need to put a preface to explain how I'm going to end the story? Do I need to put um, – um, you know, again, that, that's going to help you to know how you need to, to, to set up the book, where you need to place what. So, again, if, if you – um, probably start at the end to know how you want how you want to set up the book. But again, if if you know the one the purpose of why you're writing the book, which is crucial, and if you know your story, that is, if you're going to write a memoir, if you're going to write an autobiography, you got to know those two. So again, basically, uh, that's going to be my best advice as far as knowing what to share, how early on, mid story, or, or whatever. But um, it goes back to, to that wisdom. Charlotte, why don't you just take like um, two or three minutes and just you keep on saying you've got to know your story. Um, yeah. It, it, you, I come to the conclusion that you find that many people don't know their story. So maybe if a, if a author or a writer or speaker is listening, they might be saying, well, how would I know if I know it or not? I mean, how would I ever question. find my story? 
Okay. There, there are some, some um, quick tips uh, in writing your story. One, if you go to um, my website and click on um, uh, in the uh, uh, menu, I have a link, and it's uh, called uh, Finding, you know, How to Write Your Story. And there's actually a series under there of basically step-by-step how to write your story. And so, so one, that, that will be one help. Um, and then, of course, you can always email me and I'll you know, help you to walk through that. But basically, um, there are three aspects that you need to look at. One is needing to know your passions and how passions are described as there's two definitions of passions. One is um, a passion for something you love, such as, um, you know, I love gardening, I love cats. That's not the passion we're referring to. We're referring to a passion meaning an action, things that, that we love um, with we love doing madly, if you will, for others. I have a passion for influencing. I have a passion for encouraging people. It's always an action that involves um, movement, forward movement for others. And again, uh, if you go to the website, it gives you more definition and more examples. So one, it is, what are your passions? As you look from as far back as you can remember in your life, what are those um, continual passions that you have in your life? Those things you could do all day long and, and, and you know, if anybody let you, you can do it for free. Secondly, what are those themes in your life, those things as far back as you can remember that people, places, um, situations, things that people have said to you that constantly happen, those situations, those same type of men that you, know, that, that you find yourself um, dating or being married to or situations that you find yourself in, those um, things that people say to you, oh, you know, you should be a leader. Oh, you know, you you just love to cook. Oh, you're just such a creative person. Oh, you're just handy. Those things that people keep saying to you. Um, it could be negative things. It could be positive things. But those themes that seem to happen in your life, the same um, maybe negative situations that have happened, but those themes, and again, you can go to the website. And then the last one, and this is probably for me the most important, what are those burdens? What are those burdens in your life? And the comparison that I like to make is in Jeremiah 29, and this is the Charlotte, ver- the Charlotte translation, where um, Jeremiah, um, where God tells Jeremiah, um, you know, to go and talk to the people um, in Jerusalem, and you know, Jeremiah says, you know what? If I go there, you know, the the, the you know the people are going to talk about me like a dog. I'm going to get thrown in jail. They're going to beat me. I really don't want to go, God. And then God says, you know what? Jeremiah, if you go, I, you know, I got it handled. I got you covered. He goes, and what do they do? They beat him up, throw him in jail, talk about him like a dog. And then he, then he comes back to God, and he says, you know, but God, you know, you, you said you had my back. And, and, he, and then Jeremiah says to God, but, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to say anything about you. I'm not going to preach the word. But then he what does he say? He says, but even if I didn't want to say anything more about you, I am compelled because your word is like a fire shut up in my bones. That is a burden. What are those things that if, if somebody told you don't talk about it anymore, 
that 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 you if even if you tried you couldn't stop for me it is um telling people that regardless of their past regardless of their issues regardless of their age anything there is nothing no thing that will ever deter them from God's purpose, God's plan in their life. Nothing. Nothing. And so what is that thing? What what is that that thing in you that God has placed in you that that if if you had 1 hour and 1 hour to live and you had um exposure to every media what would be that thing that you want people, and it can't be something as easy as come to Jesus. It can't be that easy. Something that you want to pour into people's life for them to know based on experiences in your life. That is your burden. And so the mixture ah, of okay. all that, the, the mixture of all that pours into your story. And so, again, go, you know, just going through that, and if you can find out that, that is going to help you to, to identify um, not only some of the purpose that God has planned into your life, but net, now you fill that in with the events, and that is going to start to reveal the story that God has placed in you. Because keep in mind, it's your events, but it is his story that make up the history of your life. Ah, so beautiful. Well, this is Marnie Sudbert. We've been visiting with Charlotte Hunt today at charlottehunt.com. You guys want to go over and check out her website. Charlotte, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Um, My pleasure. so much great stuff at the end when we were saying it has to be Kathy's circle has come to Jesus because, honestly, the reason that she created you is because you have a unique perspective. And the world needs to know your unique perspective, which is why you would bother to write your story. And so do it from the perspective of being healed and being forgiven by Jesus and having His him at the core of your life. Charlotte can be uh, found over at her website, charlottehunt.com. This is Marnie Swedberg. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye for now.